Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margot, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to date with a language barrier. If you are somebody who has ever moved to a foreign country or tried to learn a foreign language, then this is the episode for you. I'm going to share some funny stories and hopefully some helpful advice about how to navigate this scenario. I'm really excited that you guys have joined us for today's episode, so let's get right on into it. How many times have you been sitting with a group of Israelis who have had to switch to English in order for you to be able to participate in the conversation? Or perhaps you've been out on a date and you feel like maybe you would be able to get to know this person a little bit better if you could overcome the language barrier. Or maybe you want to get your landlord over to your Tel Aviv apartment and tell them to clean the mold that's growing on the walls. If you want to learn how to do all of this in Hebrew, I'm very excited to tell you guys about Citizen Cafe Tel Aviv. Citizen Cafe is where you're going to learn Hebrew in the most practical, immersive, useful, and modern way. They have groundbreaking methods that teach you how to speak Hebrew with more ease and confidence. The best part is you can join Citizen Cafe from anywhere in the world or learn Hebrew in person at their campus in the heart of Tel Aviv. Now, you guys know I would not recommend something to you as your Aliyah big sister that I don't believe in which is why I'm excited to tell you that I'm about to start my second semester at Citizen Cafe Tel Aviv. Their lessons are built on relevant everyday dialogue to teach you the exact type of Hebrew that you need to know to be able to immerse yourself in Israeli society and express yourself. You're not just gonna be studying from an old school Hebrew textbook all day, absolutely not. When I took my first semester of Citizen Cafe, we were watching Israeli TV shows like so that we could be in on the joke that are essential to Israeli society. We also watched news segments so that we could understand modern current events and keep up with everything that was happening right here in Israel. You are gonna experience some real moments of success because their courses are designed to be rewarding so you can build your speaking muscle and gain that immediate confidence that I know you guys want when it comes to speaking Hebrew. They have 10 week in-person or online Hebrew lessons and as your Aliyah big sister, I'm about to hook you guys up with 10% off your first semester. That's right. Click the link in today's episode description to get 10% off your first semester at Citizen Cafe Tel Aviv. They offer 11 levels. So whether you're a beginner or more immediate or advanced, it doesn't matter. If you're ready to gain more Hebrew fluency with a unique approach and boost your confidence to learn this language quickly, you gotta click the link in today's description to get 10% off your first semester of Citizen Cafe Tel Aviv. Thanks so much to Citizen Cafe and let's get into today's episode. I just wanna say I was so excited to receive so many emails from you after last week's episode where I answered listener emails on the podcast. I told you guys that if you have a question or if you have a topic that you want to discuss here on the podcast, you can email me over at info, I-N-F-O at M-A-R-G-O-T-T-O-U-I-T-O-U.com. I'll also leave the email in the show notes of today's episode, but I got a lot of wonderful responses from you guys and I have a question for today's episode that I wanna read. As a reminder, your privacy is very important to me. I will never reveal any details about your name 
where you're from, anything like that. And these will always remain anonymous. This listener wrote in and said, I just made Aliyah from the U.S. and I'm struggling to find friends in the city. Without an ulpan and working full-time at a kindergarten, I don't know where to start and meet people and put myself out there. Any suggestions would be much appreciated. First of all, thank you so much for your email. And I know exactly what it feels like to be in that situation. If you want to put yourself out there, one thing I will suggest, not the Facebook group, but the actual website of secrettelaviv.com. There's an entire section where it says calendar and then there's a whole section where it has parties, live music, meetups. If you click on the meetups, there are tons of events that you can go to. And I know that showing up to those might be a little bit intimidating if you're by yourself, but I guarantee you, you will not be the only person who is showing up solo to those events. There's a lot of Olim, there's a lot of young people who who are solo, who are on their own, who are going to be at these events too. Check out the meetup section on secrettelaviv.com. Also, another great resource and just a funny Instagram account to follow anyways is Olim in Tel Aviv. If you're not already following them, do. Lots of relatable content. Plus, they're always sharing events that you can go to. Another thing I want to encourage you to do to put yourself out there is get really comfortable doing things on your own. This is something that I had to get super comfortable with when I was relocated with my tech job here in Tel Aviv to New York City. I had a hard time meeting friends in New York and during that time, I got comfortable spending time on my own. I know a lot of people think that people are gonna stare at them if they go and sit at a bar or a restaurant or a cafe by themselves. I promise you they won't. Next time you're out and about in Tel Aviv, take a look around and see how many people are solo, who are by themselves. Nobody's looking at them weird. They're just doing their thing. I go out by myself all the time and I love it. And it's because of that time in New York where I didn't have any friends. Don't wait for other people, go and do it. If you end up doing that, try to stay off your phone and be present because then it makes you much more approachable. And the advantage is that you live in a city where people are really warm and welcoming. And there's also a lot of other foreigners here and people strike up conversations with people all the time. I will encourage you to go back and listen to the episode that I made, I think it was last year, called How to Make Friends in Tel Aviv. But I just want to remind you that you're not the only person who's going through this and there are a lot of similar people. I hope that's helpful advice and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and writing in. I also, speaking of language, got an email from a listener who reached out and shared some of their thoughts about my use of colorful language. I think that they are offended by the fact that I curse a lot. And while I definitely appreciate the feedback about the language that I use here on the podcast, I try my best to create content that's relatable for most people, but I understand people don't like cursing, but with all due respect, and I'm really glad that you listened to the podcast, and I mean no offense by this at all. This is my platform and my podcast, and it's just how I talk. And when I get on the mic with you guys, it's like having a conversation with friends. And it's a comfortable place where I don't have to censor myself. And I think it's an interesting point that you bring up. But language is a fascinating way in which cultures express themselves uniquely. And regarding the use of certain terms... You know, I get it. The perception of language and expressions like cursing, it differs among individuals in different communities. In fact, some psychologists debate that using strong language is actually a display of authenticity and emotional depth. That's just how I express myself. And I know that a lot of people find that it's just like sitting down and 
having a conversation with their friends at the bar. So I'm glad that you're enjoying the podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you ever have more thoughts to share or there's a topic you'd like to, to explore, please don't hesitate and let me know. And looking forward to staying connected to you here on the podcast. Speaking of the use of colorful language, I think this is the perfect segue into the newest segment of the show that I would like to call Don't Tell My Rabbi. And this is where we're going to get into some nasty stuff. So I would highly encourage the listener who wrote in with some feedback about my use of colorful language to fast forward this next part. In this part of the show, we're going to be talking about something nasty, something dirty. So if you are either my mom or my rabbi or anybody else who may be offended by colorful language or explicit content, now's your chance to fast forward now that we've gotten that out of the way. Because today's episode is all about language barriers, I cannot think of a more awkward place to experience this scenario than in the bedroom. Have you guys ever had an awkward moment when it came to dirty talk in a foreign language? Because Lord knows I have. And I know my friends have. And I know you probably have too. A friend of mine was once hooking up with this guy and they were fucking and she decided that she wanted to try to talk dirty in Hebrew. What she wanted to say was, give me that wet dick. And instead, she ended up saying, Tavili habulbu ratuv shelcha which is not only a bad translation, but oh my gosh. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> instead of saying, give me your wet dick, she said, pass me your wet pee-pee. <laughs> Bulbul is not the term that is interchangeable with, with dick. And in Hebrew, it's zain. Bulbul is more like saying pee-pee or wee-wee. It's like how a little kid would refer to somebody, like a private part. It's like pee-pee or wee-wee. <laughs> And she didn't say, give me. She said, pass me. Pass me your wet pee-pee. And, and <laughs> you know, if a dude tells you, if a dude tells you not to say something dirty in bed, then then it's it's probably pretty bad because the guy was like, you know what? Why don't we just keep the dirty talk to English? <laughs> don't worry about trying to talk dirty in Hebrew. Another time, a friend of mine was hooking up with this guy and his English was not good. And, she, you know, she wasn't really there for the conversation, but she was on top and she was riding him and he wanted to say bounce, like bounce on my dick. And instead he kept saying, jump, jump, eh, jump. And she was like, what? She thought that he like, she was very confused. I mean, it's a, it's a vulnerable moment. It's, <laughs> she thought that he wanted her to like get up and jump on the bed or something. She's like, what the hell kind of kink? What, what, what kind of jumping fetish does this dude have? And he was like, jump, jump. Yeah, jump. And she was like, what the fuck is he saying? Also, one time I was sleeping with the guy and all of a sudden he tried to turn on this like kind of like gangster, like this hard accent that I think he was trying to sound like American, like, uh. and I was on top of him and he was like, <laughs> he's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Write it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what the fuck happened, but I was like, who, ju who just took over your body? What is happening? I was so fucking grossed out. I, 
it, it was so uh, come on come on yeah and he ended up sounding like fucking tony soprano it was absolutely awful and disgusting i don't know what kind of brooklyn mobster he was trying to role play but it was not the one it was not it was not it it was not it and i cringe like my skin crawls to this day just thinking about it <laughs> also when someone talks dirty in hebrew all i hear it sounds to me like two cab drivers in a bout of road rage it's like i can't help but hear it because when when two have you ever have you ever heard like two israelis fighting each other and and they're using curse words and then you try to translate that into dirty talk and it's just it's it makes me feel like like two arsim are behind the wheel yelling at each other on the eye alone it's just not cute dirty talk in hebrew just sounds kind of weird i wonder what it's like do you speak a foreign language I've also heard that people who friends of mine who have moved to countries like Germany and like tried to try to get a grasp on, on dirty talk in German. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Maybe at that point, it's time for us all to just shut the fuck up and like, I don't know, like make some sexy noises instead because I, I don't know. But I guess if. If all you know how to do is dirty talk in your native language, then probably stick to that. Don't try to ask someone to pass you their wet pee-pee, their boo-boo or two. Not a good look. Not a good look. If you guys have a nasty topic that you want me to bring up on next week's episode during the Don't Tell My Rabbi segment, I would love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed, and let's get into the rest of the episode. Now, I want to dive a bit deeper into the challenges of dating when there's a language barrier and how to navigate communication because it is really tricky. I think that one of the most difficult scenarios is when you feel like maybe somebody's not really getting to know the real you because you're not as funny or charming or expressive in a foreign language. In fact, just this past week, I ended things with someone who I didn't really have a strong romantic connection with. He was green flags across the board. He was respectful and kind and caring, and I could sense those things. But now that I've had some time to process the whole scenario, I really think that the language barrier ultimately led to me not feeling a more romantic connection with him because I just could not express myself in a way that felt authentic. And for me, that's a huge way of getting to know somebody is getting to know their sense of humor, their jokes, their communication style. And to be honest, it just became a bit exhausting to have to try and change the way I was talking so that I could be understood. And I know that a lot of times people have had to do that so that I can understand them. So it's not really this guy's fault. And I'm not saying that I would end something with someone because their English is bad. But at the end of the day, I imagine taking this person back to the United States with me and hanging out with my friends and family. And it's hard to think about not knowing if they are going to be able to reciprocate conversation. And I think about it in my own way, too, where if I end up with an Israeli partner, am I going to be able to communicate with his family fully? Are they really going to get to know the real me? I know that I've been in scenarios where I was dating someone and we were in a group setting and I was either meeting their family or meeting their friends. And I felt like I was just kind of sitting there like an idiot because I just couldn't understand what everyone was saying or 
couldn't contribute in Hebrew. And I know how fucking frustrating it can be to be the one English speaker in the room that everybody has to switch over and speak English for. And that's one of the most compelling reasons why I continue to try and improve my Hebrew because I just don't think it's fair for a bunch of Israelis to have to switch to a foreign language when I'm the foreigner. And I know that Israelis love to speak English and and they're probably happy to do it in most settings, but I just don't think that a bunch of people who are together in a group among their peers should have to switch language because then maybe they're not expressing themselves as fully and they're not as comfortable. So... I guess one of the advantages of being in that situation is it really allows you to focus on active listening. But the truth is, if you don't know what everybody's saying, only time is going to help you get better at at understanding and at language comprehension. And in the meantime, you're just going to have to listen. You're going to have to be a better listener. If you find yourself in a scenario where everyone around you is speaking Hebrew or everyone around you is speaking English or a foreign language, doesn't matter. The worst thing you can do is tune everybody out and just zone out and stop listening because A, that's not going to help you understand everybody's contextual clues. Sometimes you can pick stuff up and you can try your best, but you can express genuine interest and respect through your actions. And one of the actions that you can do is actively listening to people. Also, if you are in a scenario where you're going to meet someone's family or you're going to meet someone's friends, small efforts can go a really long way in building rapport with people. I know it can be incredibly intimidating if you're meeting someone's family for the first time and it's a bunch of Israelis and you're going to Shabbat dinner and they all speak Hebrew. But learning a few basic phrases or greetings or whatever it may be in the native language of your partner's friends and family goes such a long ways. And it's part of what it takes to blend in with the culture. You got to prepare yourself for those scenarios. And if it's possible, maybe hopefully there's a bilingual friend or someone there or family member who can help facilitate conversations with family members. But being prepared and learning a few basic phrases can go a really long way. But what about when you're not in person and you're trying to communicate with someone over text? I mean, my goodness, we live in an age where so much of our communication happens on the phone or in texts, on WhatsApp, etc. My advice there, I guess, is to just try and use straightforward and simple language whenever you can. Really try and avoid complex sentences and things like that. I know it can maybe feel a little bit frustrating in the beginning, but if you're trying to get a point across, that might be the best way. Remember that you now live in the land of the WhatsApp voice note. And especially for Americans who just make Aliyah and are not used to using WhatsApp all the time, you better fucking get used to using it and receiving voice notes. And my advice is get used to sending voice notes too. I personally am much better at speaking in Hebrew than I am at writing in Hebrew. It takes me much longer, but I... I'm a voice note girly. All my friends can attest to this. Alex, if you're listening to this, you've probably already heard this entire podcast (laughs) as a voice note. I will be sending long ass messages to my friends. Israelis communicate using WhatsApp voice notes. Get used to that and try it. Also, don't listen back to them if you don't like the sound of your own voice. But remember, a 
26-year-old dude named Tomer doesn't let his broken English stop him from hitting on girls at the beach. So don't let that stop you from speaking. Just don't listen to the voice note back to yourself if it makes you cringe. <laughs> but get used to voice notes because Lord knows Israelis are going to be sending some of those. This may be corny, cheesy advice, but emojis can actually really help convey emotion. Really, really they can. And maybe when you use them strategically, it can kind of enhance the tone of your messages. I know a lot of people hate emojis, but they exist for a reason and maybe they could help. Also, this is hard to do even if you're both speaking your native language, but really try not to read too much into every single word or phrase that someone is saying over text. Try to avoid overinterpreting if you can because misinterpretations happen, no doubt, but the overinterpretation uh, over can really get in the way there. If you need to ask for clarification on what someone means, you're allowed to do that. It's better to ask for clarification and avoid any potential confusion early on than let it snowball into something bigger. Pause and clarify if you need. Try to use a lighthearted approach. And if a misunderstanding occurs, you know, you can always use humor to diffuse the situation. Laughter can really break the tension and that can also really help. And there's no better feeling than when you're able to laugh and connect with someone. And I think that that transcends any language barrier that might be existing. And as long as both of you feel comfortable admitting when you don't fully understand something, that can create an intimate bond. That's a nice thing to do. Um, it's something that you can, you can bond over and you can discuss. So whenever those challenges come up, just try to be open and communicate about it. Now, if you do find yourself needing to break up across languages... I wish I had some better advice to give you because as I told you at the top of the episode, I didn't have such an easy time at that. But now I've learned from the beginning. If you're concerned about what you need to say during an emotional conversation, I'm not saying show up with notes, but try to write stuff down beforehand because that can kind of help the message stick into your brain and allow you to communicate it a little bit more clearly and articulate your feelings a bit more. And it needs to be in a comfortable and private location. Just try if you can. If you're safe and everything is, you know, is is okay there. For example, like when I was with this guy and I knew that I needed to verbally tell him that I didn't feel a romantic connection. I wasn't going to do it when there was like a ton of people around or when it would be hard to hear or like in a loud bar where we were sitting or something like that. So that also helps. And at least... Try your best to express empathy and understanding. It, it's hard. I'm, I'm sure that if there is a language limitation, that both of you will probably be feeling it. And it would, it would suck to be in a situation where that would hinder a relationship. But I do think ultimately, and there are a lot of people who can get through it. And I know like people used to immigrate to new countries and have entire marriages where they couldn't speak to each other. But that to me does not sound like a, a really sound basis. I really need to communicate myself. For God's sake, look at what I do for a living. I have a fucking podcast. Communication is really important to me. So... I got it. Like if a language barrier is hindering a relationship, that is something that might not be able to be fixable until each of you learn the proficiency in one another's language, which might not ever happen. At least if there's a willingness, you can work with that and it can be fixed. But if the other person isn't willing to fix it, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's something you can overcome. But 
If you're new to a foreign language, just remember to start small and just start by learning essential phrases and greetings and body language and idioms. That can really help for you to prepare yourself and show respect for the culture that you're in and break the ice. Just try. You you don't know what you don't know and you're not going to become fluent in a foreign language overnight. Trust me, I've been here 10 years and I'm still working on it. I think I'll probably be working on it my whole life. But get your ass in Ulpan. Take the fucking classes. Don't tune out when people start speaking Hebrew. And just know that it's part of the immigrant experience. Your ancestors did it. You're doing it. It's pretty cool. At least you're trying. At least I hope you are. But put yourself out there. And remember, dating across language barriers is unique. It's enriching. Embrace the challenges. It's an opportunity for growth. It teaches you more about yourself. It teaches you more about what you're looking for in relationships. And look, if somebody who doesn't speak your, your native language very well is not a match for you, it is what it is. I get it. But maybe there's some of you out there who are able to, to really work through that. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I know I had a fun time recording it. If you want to send in a question or a topic suggestion, I am very open to hearing your feedback. Send me an email over at info, I-N-F-O at M-A-R-G-O-T-T-O-U-I-T-O-U dot com. Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram and TikTok. My at is Margot Explains It All. That's M-A-R-G-O-T Explains It All. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Kiss in Tel Aviv. And I'll see you little hookers, whores, prostitutes, and sluts in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Mwah.